All right, everybody, welcome to another amazing edition of Inside Disney Podcast. You got me, your host, Mac the VC. I'm here with my co-host, Liam. Say hi to the folks, Liam. Hey, folks, how you doing? Why was there such a long, dramatic pause for your hi? Because <laughs> I had my mic, I had my mic needed, then I was looking for my mouse, trying to unmute the mouse, the thing. Yeah, it was, a, it was a struggle here. We're still getting woken up. I understand. I, I got you. As somebody who's been already up and working for the last six hours, you know, still trying to get acclimated to the day. Anyway, uh, we have an amazing podcast for you today. Today, we are going to get serious. For whatever reason, this podcast, we tend to get like a little serious and dark at times, but like, we're going to keep that theme going today. Um, I sound way too hyped to be talking about having a dark theme for the day, but it's okay. What we're going to be talking about today is founder's health and taking care of yourself. Something that me and Liam are both not qualified to talk about, but we will talk about anyway as people who do not take care of ourselves. So this is more of a do as I say, not as I do kind of a conversation. But before we jump into it, let's give a shout out to our amazing sponsors at Flat File and Dell. Did you know that Dell Technologies has a department just for you, the entrepreneur? You can visit dell.com forward slash startups or email startups at dell.com to learn more and take advantage of some of their free offerings. Flatfile knows that onboarding and migrating B2B data is a pain. Enter Flatfile Concierge. No code, collaborative workspaces for importing B2B data. Get access today at flatfile.io. All right, now let's get into this episode. All right, Liam, founders health and take care of themselves. As somebody who's been a founder and also worked very demanding jobs and worked for very demanding bosses, AKA Jason, <coughs> uh, I wanna ask you, how do you think, or what, what advice do you have for founders about taking care of themselves? You know, physically, mentally, all the good things. What, what do you have to say for folks? Yeah, uh, as you said, I don't really feel qualified to talk about this in a lot of ways. So I can, I can tell, what my journey has been and things that I found have and haven't worked for me. Uh, but in no way can I promise that like this stuff will work for, for other people. Uh, when I was starting my company, I think I averaged, I've tracked my sleep for about four years now. Uh, so I can go back and look, I'm pretty sure I average something around four and a half hours of sleep a day. Uh, and I was living in the office for a year and a half, which didn't help either. Cause I couldn't afford the rent of both like an office space and a house uh, or an apartment. So I was actually living like in the place where everyone came to work in the morning. So the option to sleep in wasn't there. Uh, if people stayed late to work, then I had to stay late because they were literally working in my house. Uh, so there's really little thought put into like my own mental health or physical health. Like I did still go to the gym like four or five times a week and do my best to try to eat somewhat healthy, although it's hard when ramen is like the only thing you can afford for long periods of time. Uh, but I think as a founder, you kind of get very into what you're doing and your mental and physical health can fall by the side. Uh, and there's the old joke. I think like you were on Harry's podcast lately and he always talks about the fact that like work-life balance is a bit of a myth and that like people who choose some sort of work-life balance are inherently giving up uh, progress in their work. They're choosing to sacrifice work and effort that other people are putting into building a business in exchange for, uh, you know, leisure time. 
uh, and that there, it's not necessary that one helps the other. It's that you're sacrificing one to get the other. Uh, and I don't necessarily have a hard opinion either way. I think that there is probably some amount of leisure and lifetime, so to speak, that will actually make your work more efficient. There does come that point where you are just burnt out or you're looking at the same problem through the same lens and you're not getting anywhere. And I think taking a step away and you know having some time to go for a walk or to meditate and to take some time for yourself will help you get through that problem. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that splitting your day, so you work eight hours and then have eight hours of sleep and eight hours for family, like I don't necessarily think that will inherently mean that those eight hours are more productive than someone who works 10 to 12 hours. And again, this might also come down to the individual and how different people work. Uh, but I can say from my own experiences that when I was running my company, when I'm really passionate about something, I tend to focus very single-mindedly on it to the point where I will forget to eat, I will forget to like sleep, uh, and that doesn't necessarily work out well over long periods of time. I know, you know, from my personal experience, having started a company, taken time off, and then gone into working, uh, during that time off, I lost about 70 pounds because I actually had time to like sleep and to eat healthy and to work out consistently. And like, I didn't realize how bad my health had gotten until I left my company. Uh, and during that period, I was able to get back into shape to get to a point where I was feeling healthy, where I felt like I had a lot more energy. And I'm sure if I had been able to sustain those levels of health while running a company, I would have done a better job running it. But the amount of time it took to maintain that health would also have taken away from the company. So I think it's a bit of give and take in that regard. And since like jumping back into a nine to five, plus I do my own stuff after work like this, like writing for inside, like writing my own blog, writing books, like my health again has declined. I don't sleep as much as I used to. I don't go to the gym as much as I used to. I have a lot more like delivery and takeaways because I can't like cook every day. Uh, so I think, I think there is like a give and take there. I think it's important to be conscious of like your mental and physical health. But I do think if you are trying to achieve big things, you're trying to accomplish something that can't be done in eight hours a day, you're inherently going to have to sacrifice it to some extent. So we are secretly having an intervention here with Liam Phillips, just so you can all be let in on what's going on. Uh, Liam, I'm going to need you to take better care of yourself. Anyway, I, I completely agree with just about everything you had to say. I mean, look, building a company is one of the hardest things you will ever do. And when it's something you truly care about and passionate about, you tend to lose yourself in it. And so really, this is a conversation about how not to lose yourself and what you're building. I mean, as founders, we put so much pressure on ourselves, pressures to perform, pressure to prove ourselves to the doubters and haters, pressures to live up to the expectations that our friends and family members have put on, pressures to live up to the expectations our investors have put on us, pressures to live up to the expectations our co-founders are putting on us, right? It's, it's a lot. And so we tend to work ourselves really hard to meet all those expectations. And everybody says, work smarter, not harder. Hey, I don't know about you, but like, I'm smart, but there's still a bunch of stuff that I still just brute force my way through. And sometimes like, hey, I just got to, you got to put in the time, got to put hour, put in the hours, got to meet deadlines. But within that, it's so easy to lose who you are, right? One of the things I tell a lot of the founders and even the other investors who I talk to and I mentor and I, and I work with is 
Whatever it is that you do to de-stress, never stop doing it. It's so easy to get caught up in the work and so easy to get caught up in the grind that we forget to do the simple things. Just like Liam mentioned, you know, going to the gym, you know, hanging out with friends, going to the movies, whatever it is that you do, you know, meditate, yoga, whatever. I don't care what it is, whatever it is that you do to de-stress, don't stop. Because it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day work that you stop doing those things and they're no longer part of your routine. And then you're wondering why you don't feel so good, right? Please be mindful. Sleep is so important. I know for me, I used to push and push and push. I would go two, three days, no sleep, just coding away, working away, taking all the meetings, doing everything I could, answering all the emails until I, you know, I would, I would pass out. Cause you know, it was just, my body couldn't take it anymore. And I would work myself into these cycles of like, I would go for weeks, just going hard, going hard, going hard. And then my body would start to break down and I would start to be tired all the time and I would get burnt out and I would get burnt out. And then I would have to sleep for like a week straight. I'd be putting in like 10, 12 hour, you know, days worth of sleeping for a week straight just to catch up on everything and get my body right and then go back to working hard. Wasn't a good cycle, right? My health got all kinds out of whack. My body started to fall apart at a really young age. And I had to take a step back and figure out like, yo, I can't do this. But it was so easy to do. It's so easy to do, to keep doing the work because it's what you're passionate about. It's what you, it's what you love to do. It's, what, it's who we are. But I think the biggest wake up call for me, and I tell this story because this is real and this has real implications, not just on your physical health, but your mental health, right? We've seen the stories of people where the pressure's gotten to them and they haven't taken the time to deal with it. They haven't talked to anybody about it. And it leads them to doing things that are unthinkable. You know, we talk about people committing suicide. There's plenty of stories of founders who have done that. If you are somebody who feels the pressure building, and you feel like you don't have anywhere to turn to, speak up, tell your co-founders, tell your friends, tell your family members. And if you don't want to tell anybody, go get help. Go call a hotline, go talk to a therapist, go talk to somebody. Because this doesn't have to be the end of your life. This doesn't have to be the end all be all. Failure isn't the worst thing in the world. You could have raised millions of dollars and lost it all. It's okay. You wouldn't be the first person, you won't be the last person. Nobody's going to think any less of you as a person because you had a company fail. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. It's going to take time to get through, but then make you less than, right? So keep that in mind. And there are people who love and care about you out there who will be there to support you. But whatever it is that you do to de-stress, don't stop. And if you need help, tell people. The whole, you know, we talk about hustle porn and not wanting to, you know, evangelize hustle porn and not want to say, hey, you know, I sleep when I die. You know, I work 10 hours, 12 hours. Like, yeah, we shouldn't promote that. But let's be real. We do it. We all put in those times. Like, I'll tell people work smarter, not harder. Doesn't mean I'm not putting in 10, 12, 14, 16 hour days. It happens. But it can't happen every day. And it can't be consistent. Pardon this interruption, but it's time for a commercial break. 
Dell for Entrepreneurs is offering free startup IT consultations exclusively to inside listeners. Visit dell.com forward slash inside to apply today. Dell's design team is eager to hear about the proprietary software and applications that you're working on. They have a team that can take your software or application and customize a system with your logo on it, helping you to build a better brand. They know that you're looking to take your product to market with just the right services, support, and technology to help differentiate it and increase its potential for success. Partnering with Dell OEM, you can design the right combination of capabilities to do just that. Whether you need a new computer to separate your work from personal life or a fully customized solution, Dell for Entrepreneurs is here to help. Visit dell.com forward slash inside or call 844-996-2142. That's 844-996-2142 to start your journey. Nearly everyone has dealt with formatting CSV or Excel files, so data can be imported into an application. Companies of all sizes spend a crazy amount of time and effort trying to fix this problem. Typical solutions include CSV templates, emailing Excel files back and forth, or hiring expensive implementation teams. It's a pain. Our friends at Flatfile are working on Concierge, a no-code collaborative workspace for onboarding data. Invite customers to securely import, format, or merge spreadsheet data. No more messing around with annoying, time-consuming workarounds. Flatfile is on a mission to help companies save time and money so you can focus your resources on the things that really matter to your customers. Curious about how they can help your business? Visit flatfile.io. You got to get yourself some breaks. got to give yourself some time. It can't be that the only time you sleep or rest is when you get sick. Which I can admit that. It happened to me last week. I got the best sleep I've gotten in a long time, but it's because I had a cold. I didn't want to get out of bed. If it wasn't for that, I'd have probably been putting in work when I should have been resting and relaxing. My body had to force me to rest and relax. Don't do that. Don't want to be that way. So what tricks did you have for yourself, Liam? You know, Was it just you had to step away from your company and, and give yourself some time to try and get your health back together? Like, What was it that took you to get to the point where it's like, all right, I got to focus on me again. Yeah, so, yeah, I have two things I want to get to, but I'll start by answering that question. Uh, so when I left my company, I the first thing I wanted to do was start another company because it was kind of in my DNA, both in that I'm just a very entrep- entrepreneurial person, a very enterprising person, uh, but also the fact that I'd been to law school and I'd had like contracts for high paying jobs and I'd turn them down because I said to myself and I said to everyone, I want to start a company. Then I went to like business school and I got a master's and I, again, <laughs> like months before I graduated, I had contracts. I had like job offers that were six figures and I was 20 years old. And that is like life-changing money at that stage to be able to pocket that much money. Uh, and I was like in the UK at the time and I always planned to move back to Canada with like a near two to one exchange rate. Like I would have been able to, you know, five years in the UK and I would have been able to come back home a millionaire and like how like, live a comfortable life. 
uh, and I turned it all down. And I remember like having a very serious conversation with my mom at one point. He was like, this isn't a good decision. Like, do this, make some money. And then if you want to start a company and you want to do something, like, go do it. But like, this is like your chance. And I turned all of it down and I started a company. And we are now two years later and it hadn't worked. And the one thing I was always known for amongst like friends, amongst family, was like I was the person who was always going to start a company. And I was the person who started a company. I was the person who raised venture capital. Like I was doing it. Like I was successful in being a founder. That's what I was known for. So as soon as I left, that was like a big part of my identity, if not the entirety of my identity. Uh, so the first thing I wanted to do was start a company. And I just sat there for almost two months trying to think through ideas, trying to think through problems. Uh, talking to like investors, talking to past customers, like just try to find any problem that I was somewhat even remotely qualified to solve or could build like a company around. And I wasn't really going anywhere. I was kind of going in circles. And then the my co-founder who had taken over the company uh, needed me to come to sign off and help out with the year ends because I'd been in charge of the company for 10 of the last of the 12 months in that fiscal year. Uh, so I flew to the UK and I was there for a week. And when I was there, I was asked to do a whole bunch of like speaking engagements and talk to a whole bunch of founders and do a whole bunch of, you know, PR type of stuff. But obviously there was nothing for me to promote anymore. So it was mostly just going and helping founders. Uh, and that's when I kind of realized, number one, that I had just gone so far down the rabbit hole in terms of trying to start this new company and trying to like maintain the image that I had that I didn't realize how many people just respected what I'd done and the decisions I'd made and weren't judging the fact that it did, that it failed, like who still cared about what I thought and still cared about my opinions and still cared about uh, how I'd gotten to the stage I'd gotten to and recognized that getting past that to a large extent was luck and experience and a whole bunch of things that were to some extent out of my control. Uh, not to say I didn't make mistakes along the way, because I clear I'm, I'm like I'm the first one that I did. But there's a, there's a whole bunch of factors at play, and people reminded me of that. And I'd also just from not being up nonstop, I'd already lost like ten to fifteen pounds, and people were commenting on that because they hadn't seen me in a few months. And it's when I realized, first of all, that I was like really out of shape because. The fact that just not working 20 hours a day was making people comment that I'd lost a lot of weight made me realize that like to get to that stage where just sleeping a normal amount is making you healthier, something has gone very wrong. Uh, and I didn't feel that pressure anymore. Like suddenly in that one week, all the pressure to start something new just suddenly went away. And I realized that, and this is still my attitude to this day, which is why when like people like Mac or others like always like, oh, you're going to start something. Uh, my, my mentality is like, when the right thing comes, I will start it. I, there's 100%. At some point, I will. But right now, I'm not going to chase an idea simply because I want to be a founder. I am like inherently an enterprising person. And at some stage in my life, I will come across a problem worth solving. But I'm not going to go out looking for that problem and looking for a solution. Uh, I think that by doing the things I love and being around people that I like, I will inherently run into a problem that I'm passionate about. And when I face that problem, I'll start a company to solve it. Uh, and I think having that mentality of like, 
waiting for it to come to you might seem a bit counterintuitive and some people might not agree with that. But I do think it's a lot better than me stressing and trying to find something that is outside of my areas of expertise, outside of what I'm even interested in, just so that I can be a founder. Uh, so that was really like for me what changed was re realizing, as you said, number one, that uh, people don't change the way they view you as a person just because your company failed. And number two, just realizing how far I'd fallen. Uh, those two things helped me realize that I needed to put some time aside and like properly start taking care of my health. So like as soon as the day I flew back from the UK from that trip, I started fasting. So I started doing like intermittent fasting, uh, started working out daily uh, and within a few months was feeling a lot better and was a lot healthier and had lost a lot of weight and was back to like the levels I was at, you know, sort of early on in university uh, of being in decent health. So that was, that was, that was really a really wake up call for me, but I don't think a lot of people want to get to that stage. I feel like you'd want to catch it a bit earlier. Uh, but unfortunately for me, it, it took me, it took me that long to get there. I'd say another thing though, that might help people who are getting towards that stage is realizing that, and it took me a while to get to this point, but when you're, when your company fails, you feel like there's an expectation, as Max said, from family, from uh, investors, from all these people that you've like let them down or that something has like gone wrong. And it's true, like in the few weeks afterwards, it was like hell, especially like investors and trying to justify everything and explain everything. Like it's not fun and it, you don't want to go through that. Like I hope no one ever has to go through that. I know, you know, 90% of people who start a company will, uh, but it's not a fun process. But when you get a few months past that, you realize that the only person you really need to justify anything to is yourself. Like all those investors eventually stop emailing. Like they stop nagging you. They realize that like it's over. And a lot of them come around and start being a more a bit more supportive. Some of them just stop messaging completely. Uh, I would say the majority start being more supportive, to be honest. Uh, same with like friends and family. Like there's judgment at the beginning, but like it quickly turns into support. And the only person you really need to be able to justify the decisions you made is yourself. Everyone else will come around at some point or will exit your life. So if you really, really are worried about the expectations other people have on you, I would say not to from experience. Those expectations, there's never any pressure other than what you put on yourself. As long as you are able to be happy with what you did and how you got to where you are, you'll be fine at the end of the day. And that's from personal experience, having gone through it. Uh, just there's no need to put all this extra pressure on yourself from what you think other people want from you. Because trust me, especially someone like Mac, like he knows and is investing knowing that there's you know a better than 50%, close to 90% chance that the companies he's putting money in are going to fail. Uh, so he's not expecting everyone to work out. and. At the end of the day, he's going to be there to support you if it doesn't work out. And most investors are the same. So there's no need to feel like, you know, if something goes wrong, you're letting down Mac and you're letting down all these investors and this is like a massive problem. Because that's not, that's not the truth. As long as you're happy with the decisions you made and how you got to where you are, then you'll be fine at the end of the day. And that's going to be most important for your mental health when you're running the company and afterwards. I completely 100% agree with everything Liam just said. You know, as an investor, I expect 
the vast majority of companies I invest into not work. I'm hoping they all work. I make the investment because I think they're all going to work. But I know just the way this industry works that most of them aren't. But let me tell a story about when it really hit me. And this is a very personal story. And, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I've tweeted about this before, but it's been a while. So I might actually retweet it today. But when I got started in my professional career as a software engineer, as part of the student program, and as part of the program, I met this gentleman by the name of Devin Partlow. I was 19, he was 20, 21, and we ended up becoming fast friends. You know, Devin was one of my best friends, one of my closest friends. And the whole time we were working, Devin had some health issues that nobody knew about. Well, we all started off as software engineers and did really well for ourselves early in our careers. You know, we were all making six figures before we were 22, 23, doing really cool stuff. And then we got the startup bug. Actually, we got the bug of building products that can make money while we slept. We didn't know there was a term for it. We didn't know it was called a startup back then. And so, you know, me and Devin, started out on these entrepreneurial journeys at the same time together in 2010, doing completely separate things, right? But we were both young Black men with dreadlocks from Baltimore. So everywhere we went, we would go together and people always thought we worked together because, of course, there were two Black guys at a startup event. They must be there together, right? And so, you know, we end up going through the same accelerators together. We went through the same kind of trials and tribulations. And then Devin needed to get a liver transplant. Apparently, Devin had had a compromised liver ever since he was young. This is the same guy who, in our early 20s, we would go out and party and drink with. Had no clue. Ends up getting a liver transplant. Freaked everybody out. He gets through it. He starts getting better. But as he starts getting better, he still wants to work on the startups. He still wants to work on his ideas. He still, he gets himself a job, gets good health care, taking care of himself, but he's not following up with all his doctor's appointments. He's not following up with all the things he's supposed to be doing because he wanted to get back to the work. He wanted to get back to the grind. He wanted to get back to his company. And you know what that led to? Devin's liver rejected. He didn't do all the follow-up appointments he was supposed to do. And Devin died. My best friend died two weeks before my 30th birthday because he was busy chasing the dream. Because the idea of building a legacy and creating generational wealth and changing his life and the life of his family members and those around him was so compelling that he put that ahead of his own health. And so I implore you, please, do your yearly or quarterly or biannually, you know, doctor visits, do your dentist visits, do all those things. Because if once your health goes, there is no coming back. Devin didn't get, didn't get to realize all those dreams he was pushing so hard for, because he was pushing so hard for. Make sure you're around to realize those dreams. So I'll leave it on that note. And so with that somber note, I hope everybody's enjoyed this episode of Inside Business Podcast. I am your host, 
Mac, the VC, my co-host Liam. Any last words for the folks, Liam? No, I don't think I can really follow it up. So I think I'll leave it on that. And so we'll leave it there. Shout out to Flat File and Dell for being amazing sponsors and make sure you hit that subscribe button and tell all your friends to come and check out the Inside Business Podcast. Share it, tweet it. If you tweet it, you might get a shout out on the show. Who knows? But anyway, we'll talk to you next time. Peace out, y'all.